0: Welcome to the Scam Economy with your host, Matt Bender.
1: That's right, everyone. Welcome to Scam Economy. I am your host, Matt Binder. And on today's episode of the show, we will be taking a look at the one year anniversary of the historic passing of El Salvador's Bitcoin law. This law, which was spearheaded by President Bukele turned El Salvador into the very first place in the world to make Bitcoin a country's official currency. There are celebrations filling the streets in El Salvador as they commemorate this monumental one year of growth and prosperity in the country. And we will be... Wait, I'm I'm sorry, everyone. I, the, today's guest is is in my ear right now. He's waiting to come on, but he, he said he's trying to he's trying to tell me something. Hello, uh, yeah, I'm doing the intro. What, 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 what do you mean? What do you mean you wouldn't call you wouldn't call them celebrations? But, but there's video and and photos. There's people filling the streets. Why would? Uh, uh okay right well you know the, the the bitcoiners have been so adamant that this was going to solve all of el salvador's problems do you think it's only added to them oh okay all right it made everything worse okay well you'll be on in a second to talk about it oh okay sounds good sorry about that everyone before we talk with today's guest and and sort this all out um, patreon.com slash Matt Binder to support this show your support helps grow this program subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Matt Binder you can also catch the video version of this program there twitch.tv slash Matt Binder is another place where you can catch the post show live stream where I take calls after the live premiere of each and every week's episode you can drop super chats and Twitch Prime subscriptions at those locations, respectively. Oh, and this week, you can catch me on the latest episode of the Daily Beast podcast, Fever Dreams, where I discussed with Fever Dream hosts Kelly Weil and Will Summers, what else? Cryptocurrency, the politics, the scams, all of it tune into that episode be sure to check it out uh subscribe to this show at apple Podcasts, spotify or go to scam economy.com for all the links to the audio version of this show and joining me now is domingo flores a salvadoran infosec specialist and uh Caller into the Scam Economy post show as well. I've heard you call in many a times. We've had some great discussions on there. So I'm looking forward to finally getting you on the main scam economy show. Domingo, welcome.
0: Thanks a lot for, for having me. Uh yeah, I I love calling into the post show. It's it's uh, you know just kind of discussing the the happenings of the week in El Salvador there's always something happening and oh boy last week was crazy i don't I, think we've had a a week this crazy in in decades
1: honestly yeah i i i saw i heard and and to, to, i guess just to to sort of flesh this out really quickly up front as to why we're getting into this on scam economy a show about cryptocurrency well, that's because you know El Salvador is the first country, uh, and as far as I I believe uh, may, maybe there's a second country that's done it. In I think in Africa or something, but really the 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 main a- attraction, the star for the Bitcoin community in terms of countries that have officially made Bitcoin the you know the local uh, tender there, the local currency, uh, and. Obviously, you know, the Bitcoin law didn't spark all this, but it it does seem to hold a place within what's going on there. And, you know, El Salvador has been the beacon of Bitcoin hope for the Bitcoin maxis. So, Domingo, what's been going on in El Salvador?
0: Well, lots of things. You know, September 15th, last week, was actually our independence day along with other central american nations but it was well the whole week was crazy first off uh let's let's back up a bit uh september 14th you know uh sublar has been now in a state of exception which basically suspends quote unquote uh constitutional guar- guarantees like uh the right to self-defense uh, with uh to legal defense the presumption of innocence—it's practically gone. It was now extended for a sixth time, unconstitutionally. But of course, who's going to do anything, right? There is no separation of, of uh, between uh, you know <clears throat> between branches of, of government now. It's all under Bukele. So it was uh, extended for the sixth time since March. Uh, just a quick recap that we now have over 55,000 people incarcerated without a right to defense without a uh, presumption of innocence many arrested just to fill quotas and uh, well it's it's very it's a horrible horrible situation it's a human rights crisis in, right i in, remember in essence.
1: i remember this happening well starting obviously because it's an ongoing situation but i remember this happening uh, earlier this year, like like you mentioned in March or, or, or uh, I, I recall in April, and the reason I recall specifically in April is because there was that big Bitcoin conference in Miami that um, I, I did an episode of Scam Economy on. Everyone could go check it out. And during that episode, as uh, myself and my guest for that episode, um, Ryan Broderick, uh, we're, we're going through everything and Bukele... His name, that's the president of El Salvador, that we're going to be getting a lot into him shortly, Um, as uh, Bukele uh, was coming up a lot during the actual conference because he was supposed to be there and because he's the one of the like I said he's like one of the biggest stars in the bitcoin world for uh facilitating this bitcoin law that made bitcoin uh the 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 currency of El Salvador the first time that happened in the world bitcoin becomes an actual country's currency um and he didn't show up he had to cancel because he was too busy uh basically uh being an authoritarian back at home and Uh, you know, uh, overseeing these mass arrests, just incarcerating. um, What was the, it was was some unbelievable percentage of the male population I I had read. It was like, I don't even remember the number. I don't even want to throw it out there because I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to uh, uh, undercut it because it's so, it was so ridiculously high. Um, And they were still talking about him, the Bitcoiners at this conference Pretty much knowing why he canceled, because it was all over the news, still elated, like just saying the greatest things about him, chanting his name at one point.
0: Bitcoin Bitcoin brings forth freedom, I guess, except for the 55,000 Salvadorans unfairly imprisoned, right? I mean, right. Uh, I'm not saying all of the 55,000 people are innocent. Maybe they caught a criminal or two in there, but... I mean, uh, with with that kind of number, with uh, that kind of number, and the uh, suspension of constitutional warranties, there's no way everyone's guilty. There's absolutely no way. And uh, uh, it's it's nice that you mentioned that uh, last week of March, first week of April, because uh, around that time, Bukele was uh, meeting with with uh, sorry if I butcher his name, Peng Jinping.
1: Oh yeah from, that's from that, that's how you say his name
0: yeah Oh yeah so so uh he was meeting with that uh he was having meetings with that guy but then all of a sudden had to interrupt them because on March 27th uh there was a very bloody weekend in which what we later came to know happened is that the Bukele regime broke their part in the pact they had with the with the uh, with the gangs with the MS 13 gang in particular so they retaliated by killing everybody inside basically and and in a single weekend over 80 salvadorans died innocent salvadorans killed by ms-13 and so having uh broken his you know his deal with them having no other uh recourse he basically went full ballistic and threw the military out to catch everyone and uh basically suspending constitutional warranties is not something you can do lightly and I'm, I'm not a lawyer let's be honest but uh yeah it it uh, lends itself to abuse of power basically
1: oh yeah you don't and i so, mean you don't you don't have to be a lawyer to again <laughs> suspending the constitutional like maybe there's some clause if you know that he can and he could say in times of crisis and something like that i know there are countries i think there's some like Areas in the U.S. where, you know, there are certain things that can be done in a time of crisis or, or whatever or a pandemic or something like that, you know, give the president extra powers just to get things done, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, declaring a crisis and pausing some constitutional uh, laws or, or whatever, uh, big difference between. Uh, that and facilitating some sort of emergency uh, delivery of uh, necessities to people who are in trouble due to like a natural disaster or something that and then basically sending out uh, the police force, the military, et cetera, to arrest 50,000 plus uh, people in a, a mass arrest situation. I think that's that's something where I don't think you need to be a, 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 you know, a law expert to say something is not right here from a basic human rights standpoint.
0: Yeah, and on September the 14th, this uh, state of exception was, uh, you know, renewed for a, for the sixth time. And so the Constitution only allows it for, I can't remember if it's 30 or 60 days, but you can't, you know, it, it cannot go uh, on for this long. Now, uh, a couple more thing, interesting things happened uh, that week. Uh The very next day, on Independence Day, there was a massive protest because obviously nobody, well, a a lot of people aren't happy with how things are going, with having their relatives imprisoned unjustly, right? So uh, people mobilized from all over the country to march in San Salvador, the capital, and the police and army set up, uh, you know, traffic stops, detaining all the buses, basically all the buses that were coming in from San Salvador and detaining people and checking if they had you know pickets or for the picket line or if they had you know uh, basically anything that would signal they would go to protest they would be detained in some cases arrested i can't really confirm to that but they were most likely mostly detained so that they didn't get to the protest in time terrible and so at the same time that the protest was going on and this wasn't a small protest it was uh, literal thousands of people at the same time that the protest was going on bukele made a military parade and uh this military parade got quite crazy i mean uh remember back in 2019 when he had his first um his first uh uh independence day he they they did like a like um what's it called a uh, I guess uh, a drill where the army pretended to arrest some bad guys, quote unquote.
1: Oh boy, oh that 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 doesn't sound like a good idea to uh, do a that? show so, like that. Okay,
0: so that was a show in, in 2019. Now they doubled down on it with uh you know <laughs> with more soldiers, more guns, helicopters, an SUV and an armored vehicle vehicle
1: I just want to be I just want to be clear because we we jumped for a second from you know what was going on with um uh you know the the um you know the uh, pausing of like the uh, uh the extension of the, the state uh you know uh uh exception of the constitution was um extended you know September 14th but then we jumped back uh to uh March and April to discuss you know what the mass arrest that started then this parade, where is this on the timeline? This just happened?
0: It just happened last week on okay. September the fifteenth.
1: Just wanted to be clear so, there. Okay, go ahead. Now continue.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so they're basically glorifying police and military violence against the population and uh for a show. And in this show in in Bukele's parade, <laughs> there were rumors all over Twitter, anonymous uh you know, anonymous uh, leakers saying, Man, they're, they are we are government employees. They're forcing us to come and to bring our whole family. So just so that it looks like the parade has more people in it than the protests.
1: Ah, so so basically Uh, if you worked, you know, if you work for, uh, you know, uh, the Salvadoran government, uh, you show up at this parade or what, uh, you're arrested, your family's arrested, maybe best case scenario, you lose your job.
0: Yeah, basically. I mean, I mean, there's no telling what they can do now because there's just no no constitutional gu- guarantees right and so uh at the same time that these two pro- the, the protest and the parade were going on news dropped that Fitch ratings had has dropped our <laughs> our country rating a risk rating even lower to i guess it's cc i'm not an economist but i can tell you that's not good
1: it's one of like the worst ratings you can receive it, it, yes yes it, 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 it means like there is they, they um uh don't believe that el salvador will be able to come to some sort of agreement with the uh imf um in terms of basically their economy is going uh to get even worse and no one is going to come to help them. Uh, or that's a possibility at least. That's what uh, a very good possibility, and that's why your rating would would drop like that. Yes, <laughs> not good.
0: Yes, I I wish I could go uh, deeper into that, but again, that's not but, really but, my my, my but, field. But here's but, the
1: important thing: uh, the 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 reason that there has been issues though with uh, between the IMF and the this is obviously the, the super uh, relevant part here for this show. The reason this has been such an ongoing issue for El Salvador and the IMF hasn't been willing to come to some sort of agreement for a loan or or, or anything is because of the Bitcoin issue. Um, Basically, this has been bad for El Salvador. It's been very, very bad. And Bukele's only continually uh, chosen to, continuously chosen to double down on uh the bitcoin uh issue and this is what got them in this position
0: right well among other things i i I wouldn't say bitcoin is the only thing but it's certainly the biggest vehicle for corruption and financial crime you see the whole idea of uh bitcoin is and 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 the Think that uh, you know. Maxis promote one of the things that promote. They promote uh, about Bitcoin is their transparency. Everybody can see everybody's transactions on the blockchain. It's not necessarily tied to your name, but you can kind of see the money flowing, and you can sort of figure out who's paying what. You know, not on Chivo. And, and Chivo of course, is if box. you
1: ever, if you, if you <laughs> ever, if you ever, uh, obviously, if you ever. Um, uh, uh publicized your crypto wallet address or whoever you're interacting with can uh, uh you know, publicize their uh uh crypto uh wallet address then it's very easy to figure out like you mentioned who is uh who owns a crypto wallet or who possibly could own the crypto wallet based on the identity of the wallet they're sending to or receiving from um, but like you also were getting into the Chivo wallet Uh, Things are a bit different there. And why don't you give people a little background? Now, I I have – this isn't Scam Economy's first episode on what's going on in El Salvador. We are now. This is the episode diving into this now one year after the Bitcoin law passed. So this is a good overview of, I guess, El Salvador's year of hell with Bitcoin. Um, But (laughs) – uh, I, I, you know, I, I have done an episode on El Salvador with Mario Gomez, who 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 got in, who got arrested for processing Bitcoin and had to flee the country. Um, but for people who haven't listened to that episode or need a refresher, why don't you tell them a little bit about w- what is the Chivo wallet, and then tell us what makes uh, the Chivo wallet different from you know the, the a normal crypto wallet address?
0: Well, um, let's count the contradictions uh with uh, that the chivo wallet represents with the bitcoin ideology bitcoin ideology in in the the bitcoin white paper you know satoshi's white paper it says it's supposed to be uh decentralized free of the control of central banks who is issuing (laughs) who is cashing those bitcoins the central bank Mandesal, first it's supposed to be free of the influence of governments who is the main pusher of Chivo? The government. <laughs> so yeah, there, you, there we go with two. Now then, third, third thing: it's supposed to be uh, supposed to use a blockchain. It doesn't use a, the blockchain for uh, transactions be, uh, from Chivo wallet to Chivo wallet. It's a, basically a MySQL database, and uh, it only interacts with the blockchain if you send bitcoins outside of the chivo ecosystem through lightning so okay how, how many are there now four contradictions and so basically it's a black box because you can't see who sent anything to who or you, you i mean yeah the, the very first version of bitcoin uh, i mean the of uh, chivo wallet didn't even use uh bitcoin addresses if you wanted to transfer to another chivo wallet it just used a qr code that if you scanned it with uh, a qr code reader like the one on the iphone it translated to uh some plain text commands that were like send matt this amount his uh government id is so and so and that's it
1: that was it Damn, uh, even, and, tied, and even tied their government id to the uh, account they even tied the government id to the account and and, and <laughs> I mean, quickly. it's just yeah, like you mentioned. It's completely. Why not just literally set people up with like a, a a bank account? I mean, at least then they could access the money, which you could get into as well. In terms of like uh, the issues people have had with the the Chiva wallet, at least early on, I believe they probably fixed some of the technical issues. But that doesn't solve the issue of um, you know internet access not being as widespread in. Uh, El Salvador, as it should be for uh, if you're going to go ahead and try to make Bitcoin uh, the currency of the country.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, the government would have had better luck if they tried to make uh, an electronic payment application that wasn't necessarily linked to a bank account like uh, like one we already have. Uh, there's an ISP in El Salvador that's called TIGO. Uh, subsidiary of Millicom, uh, an European ISP, and they basically have uh, an electronic wallet that you can trans, where you can transfer money to other people by sending them uh, SMS messages or sending them uh, cash through their app without needing a bank account or any of Bitcoin, really. So we already had a, pay- a private payment system that worked that people have been using for years. And then they, uh, but no, they wanted to institute something with a blockchain attached to it somehow that didn't work. And uh, well, I did, I already mentioned this on the <laughs> Crypto Critics podcast, but yeah, I, I was part of the implementation of, of that at the time because I was working to, for a company that was uh, hired to do uh, some some work for them and I was a security manager, and I told them, if you have a weak KYC process, you're going to have mass fraud because the national ID numbers here are not private. Everybody knows everybody else's national ID number. And the gangs, when well, the gangs have been operating for years in Los Salvador, and when they uh, rob you, they always take your, your national ID because that's where your address is. So they already have a database of national ID numbers without taking into account that in May 2020, uh, the Salvadoran equivalent to the IRS leaked everybody's ID number to the internet. You could Google your ID number and it would be like the third result back in May 2020. They have patched it since, but yeah. So so there you have three vectors of attack. Everybody knows your uh, national ID number because you use it to pay with your credit card because the gang steal it from you and because the government stupidly leaked it all over the place so then what happened september 7th 2021 chivo launches and the kyc process does not work at all i had warned them back then if the kyc process is weak you're going to have mass fraud but there was no kyc at all you could take a picture of whatever and it would authenticate you all you needed was a, the, the id number and the birthday which is printed on the id itself so yeah there was massive fraud massive massive fraud to the point where i am not even sure that the three well i'm not even sure if the if if it's true that there's three to four million users on chivo because there's no data from anywhere
1: Right. So when you say massive fraud, give me an example of what what was going down via the Chivo app. Like, how were people committing fraud? Like, what were they doing? Like, what was a uh, like what was going on here? Who were the perpetrators? And, and uh, in terms of what were they doing?
0: <laughs> who
1: are the pre- who were the perpetrators? Is it like a are lot we talking of like, people? Are, are we? T- okay, OK, OK. I was wondering if you were talking about like, are we talking about um, I mean, obviously, this is going to play a, a part and I'm sure you're going to get into this. Uh, I'm assuming there is some um, uh, fraud and money laundering going on via those in power, but um, like regular everyday people were also uh, playing the system here. There was a way for them to even uh, mess with the via the mess with things via the Chivo app.
0: Yes. On the very first day on September the 7th uh, on the past day evening, uh, on the first day, they only released it to iPhones because almost nobody has an iPhone in El Salvador. They're super expensive for some reason.
1: Wait, so, that, so, but, they, so they, that's why they – wait, what? So wait, yeah. it only came well, – hold on. I really got to – so no one in El Salvador or not too many people, a very small number of people in El Salvador have an iPhone. So – The Chivo app, which is the the the, the Bukele's regime's big way of getting Bitcoin to the people in mass so he can, you know, uh, help the adoption rate of Bitcoin and make his Bitcoin law super look super successful. The first Chivo app only for iPhones,
0: yeah, this is this is a big. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, this,
0: this this was wild. So they released the app on uh, midnight, September the 7th. It immediately crashed the servers. Uh, nobody could log in. So you had Bukele tweeting tech support stuff through the night somewhere around like. Wait wait, wait. Kelly was m.
1: also the tech support. This is <laughs> was-
0: oh yeah, he, he, he was you you, you, you can act- There was a trending topic there. did he have did he like, have the uh, the uh,
1: you know the the those headphones with the little microphone that comes out like the the call center oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sitting there. Uh, oh, he, he was God.
0: he was actually tweeting tech support things like okay. Uh, iPhone users try to install the app now. And then, uh, we're going to release it for a very small number of Android users only for, I think it was like the Samsung galaxy S 20 or something. One of those super expensive Samsung phones that nobody has just so that they could release the Android app on a very small scale and see if their servers would take the hit. Wow. That was happening through the day, through September the 7th. Then, uh, Sometime in in the afternoon, uh, I was struggling to get my hands on an iPhone back then and to test the app. But then, before I could even test it, on Twitter began surfacing tweets from people saying, "Hey, what's going on?" I got my iPhone and I tried to register the app with my ID number, and it says it's already registered. How is that possible? Oh wow! Oh my god! That's that That is the moment when I realized, oh, something has gone wrong. So
1: and, finally – I just realized we didn't yeah. mention this, and I think it's important for people – remember what you're going to say because you said finally. I don't want you to forget that thought. I just want right. to insert this right here so people understand what's going on here because it's not just, oh, they access your Chivo wallet, but you know, it's, an, it's a new thing. It's a new account. What could they do with it? I mean you just can't use it. No, no, no. There's an extra added thing going on here where – As to, again, help perpetuate the use of Bitcoin and help with the adoption rates here, everyone in El Salvador who could get access to a phone or the internet or whatever they needed to get a Chivo wallet set up, they were going to get $30 in Bitcoin in their app to use. So basically everyone in El Salvador who decided to go and set up a Chivo wallet would get They would set it up and they would get that $30 sitting in their wallet already. So basically, if someone else has access to your Chivo wallet before you could get there, I'm assuming the first thing that they would do would be transfer that $30 out ASAP.
0: Exactly. So if I got uh, 100 national ID numbers, DUI numbers, that's an easy $3,000. That's not an insignificant amount of money, uh, and not in El Salvador especially. Right. So people started doing that in mass. Who who are the prime suspects? Well, I I've always said it: the gangs. They had a collection of ID numbers from years, and ID numbers in El Salvador don't change if you lose your ID and had to get a new one. It's the same. Your birthday is, is in there too, and it doesn't change either. So yeah, that's my first first uh, go to suspect
1: so all but you needed anyway, all you needed <laughs> though was to input your your government id number and then that's it that would that 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 that's not very well thought out um, no it, it, it's it's not but that's not how it
0: was supposed to work the the company that that set it up ulter it was called a venezuelan company told me well told us that you were supposed to register with your id number and your birthday Take a picture of your national ID, like scan it, and then take a selfie, and it would, with AI and the magic of, I guess, the blockchain, compare the two pictures, make sure that you were who you said you were, and that's how it was supposed to do KYC. It didn't work. That is how that is
1: how that is how a lot of companies do that. They they I mean I've had to do it myself where you basically take a photo of the back of your ID, the front of your ID and then take a selfie, like a current selfie right then and there in that moment and they have software that, you know, compares everything and matches it all up. And then there you go, that's how they confirm you. So that's, that is like, that isn't some like people who aren't familiar, that isn't some like thrown together process that is actually like the standard right now for doing such a thing.
0: Yes, exactly. And and uh, so I guess they tried but failed horribly. And that's the thing, as long as that KYC process didn't work, anybody with your ID number and your birthday could register your wallet steal your 30 bucks and do dirty transactions to your name.
1: <laughs> that seems very simple to get that information. That's not even.
0: It is. Yeah, it is. So, so yeah, this started. I mean, you could happening. also just like, and, you
1: could also just like guess <laughs> IDs, right? Like if all, <laughs> it seems, it seems way too simple.
0: It's, you, you can Google those things. I mean, at that time you could. And uh, I mean, it's not a, uh, let, let me give you a peek into Salvadoran culture. When you pay with a credit card in El Salvador and the bill is over $100, or if you pay at the gas station or somewhere like uh, in, on the street, it's it's a custom. It's not required by law, but it's a custom that they take a look at the name on your card and a look at the name on your ID to see that you haven't stolen a card and are paying with a stolen card. That's regular standard procedure. If right. you go to a, a fancy gated community, a gated neighborhood, they have security, armed security, because it's El Salvador, and the guard asks for your ID, checks it, and keeps it, and gives you a pass so that you can, you know, go in your car into the neighborhood. So, yeah, that's several examples of regular business procedures that require you to hand over your your ID, and the other person can just take a note. So... Not even not even involving crime, <laughs> but but yeah you you know <laughs> that so so that happened and and because there's no data on Chivo at all there's no way to know how many real users were registered how many of those users were registered using uh, bogus phone numbers or stolen IDs there's no way to know and this stayed like that for quite some time I think over a month. It stayed without any KYC. So during that period of time, I guess somebody with the malicious intentions and uh, the uh, capability or the availability of ID numbers could do whatever they wanted. And they did. There was over a thousand uh, reports of um, identity theft just in the first month. None of those have been resolved by the authorities one year later. Now, let's jump uh, forward in time a bit. After that whole debacle happened, nobody wanted anything to do with Chivo because, well, most people, even if they wanted to use it, their ID was likely already stolen. But then the few people that did use it and that started using it for their business started noticing something terrible you could connect your chivo wallet app with uh, a bank account a local bank account for some reason i guess in a failed update or whatever bank accounts start started getting emptied so like i had my my chivo wallet linked to my savings account i have i don't know 100 bucks in my savings account wake up the next morning and see a notification in my chivo wallet app that a transfer was made from my bank to Chivo. It's like, what's going on? And uh, this person that was recently arrested, Luis Rivas, I think is his name. Oh, man, I have a terrible memory for names. El Comisionado. He compiled a thread of uh, people that were publicly posting on Twitter, oh, my God, I lost so, uh, this much money. And oh, wow. it was it, it summed up to a very hefty amount of money. Some people lost it's not insignificant, and especially not in El Salvador. After that, I guess it was patched. Nobody ever saw, um, I guess some people had insurance, some didn't, who knows. But uh, a lot of people didn't really get their situation resolved. And this resulted eventually in nobody wanting to go near Chivo at all.
1: Oh, well, which is exactly what Bukelli wanted. Mission, <laughs> mission <laughs> successful. Well, that is mission accomplished. Right. Uh, that is wow. Oh, I, I mean, say, uh,
0: keep, keep in mind what, what what else was happening at the same time. Mario and other uh, technology folks, and like myself, were criticizing Bitcoin, and well, Mario was arrested, and uh, he said it himself. He probably wouldn't have gotten out if he didn't have. The support of friends and family that were, you know, ready to help him. Many probably didn't have that luck, and we just don't know about them. Right, right. That's a possibility.
1: Right. I mean, like, no. Yeah, I let's... mean, I mean, even if, like, just just thinking, <laughs> of the, we we know we, what, the numbers like 50, uh, more than fifty thousand. Who knows if that number is not just more than fifty thousand, but like more than a, I don't know, seventy-five thousand, a hundred thousand. Like, who? Right? This could be much more me... in terms.
0: Let me throw a number, a scary number. Oh, okay, go ahead. Uh, So, when the COVID pandemic hit, uh, the government was reporting that they had this super clean record. Almost nobody died of COVID. Okay, but now it's been two years since the pandemic. What's happened is that uh, as the reports, as the family started asking, as the doctors, as international journalists and Researchers started looking into El Salvador and COVID numbers. It was uncovered that for every 10 people that died of COVID, seven went unreported by the authorities. That's a big number. That's... That, that's, uh, that's terrifying. Now, extrapolate that error margin to the mass incarceration that's happening now. How many, uh, and, and there's another number that's quite scary. El Salvador recently admitted to the UN that 73 people had died in custody in, uh, uh, during the state of exception. 73 people had died. However, reporters have uh, said that there's just these appalling conditions within prisons. I mean, uh, these are overcrowded, people sleeping, standing, uh, regular beatings. Uh, people are starving and uh, actually tortured. So, is this 73 death number real? Given their, you know, their record of lying in about COVID deaths, I think we're just going to know in time. Right. Right now, there's just unfortunately no way to know. And this is atrocious. Back in 2021, with uh, the things that were happening in Bitcoin and with uh, arrests, arbitrary arrests like Mario's, I would already consider that a dictatorship. Now it's just gone full-blown fascism. I mean, it's mass incarceration, it's mass, uh, there's no There's no freedom of speech. There is actually a, a gag law. Well, that's what they call it, a gag law. Uh, if you are a journalist, you cannot report on, uh, or you cannot make a report that If it's considered that you are relaying a message from the gangs. If it is, you're facing up to 15 years in prison, I think. So, of course, a lot of journalists have self-exiled or self-censored. They have stopped doing the research, stopped doing their uh, reporting, because they're afraid that they're going to be incarcerated, of course. All Too. So I think,
1: just just to just to you know to give people an idea of when things can start maybe changing you know because you'd mention you know in time maybe we'll find out the exact numbers of of arrests or or covid deaths in El Salvador but to give people an idea it doesn't seem like it's going to be anytime soon because and apologies if if you did mention this earlier we've been talking about so much I just wanted to make sure we got this in here um Bukele is going to run again even though he's not supposed to. Like it's he's not allowed to, but he's changing the law so he can run again.
0: Right. It's He's not even changing the law.
1: Oh, so he's, it's the just con-
0: for him. The, the Constitution says, and let's see, I have it here. One, two, three, four, five, six articles in the Constitution say that re-election is prohibited. You cannot be re-elected. Bukele said it himself in several interviews but, you know, he owns the Supreme Court now, so it's, it's all good and fair game. So it's not looking too good. However, there is hope uh, because when Bukele won the elections, the presidential elections, he won with just 27% of the votes. <sighs> I mean,
1: I hate but, to but, say... But, I mean, uh, to to give you an example of... um, uh, what, what Not even an example, that's not the correct uh, word I want to use here. To give you, I guess... Uh, uh, a, a better picture of what we're seeing everywhere else in terms of what we can possibly see from Bukele. I'm really, what I'm doing is I'm trying to make it sound uh, a little bit nicer than it is. Let me get right to it. Here in the United States, we have a former president who claims that he didn't actually lose the election and has been fighting, uh, we now know, for much longer than I think most people realized. Um, he was fighting, to, and still to this day fighting, to overturn those election results and is refusing to admit that he actually lost. Of course, I'm talking about Donald Trump. And now we're seeing that a lot of these Republicans who are Trump fans who are running for governor or Senate or the House or various state and local elections, they're following in those footsteps of refusing to admit defeat. And trying to already planning to try to overturn whatever the results are by claiming that they actually won. Are you worried that Bukele can try to do or would try to do the same thing?
0: Yes, uh, and, and that's what I was getting at. I, I think I was getting a, a bit too optimistic. And I hate to sound like, 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 I guess, like a Doomberg, but you know, the elections aren't legitimate from the from the moment that he nominated himself against the Constitution to a second term. And the thing is, even if votes, even if a majority of people voted him out, he's now uh, packed the uh, the uh, Electoral Institute with his political appointees, who are not going to contradict him. He has now uh, packed the courts. Well... First, first he cleaned them up, then he packed them with judges that aren't going to contradict them. And uh, finally, and this is something that's really worrying to me, and it's costing me sleep at night, honestly, they're planning uh, to institute online voting for uh, people living abroad, which is just insane. It's i mean this this really worries me because if they if they uh set up online voting it's going to be just mass fraud given the technical record of the government with chivo wallet with the uh you know the national id leaks and among other things there's just no way they're going to get it right in time the elections are in 2024 so there's just no time even if they had started in 2019 it would already be too late right but anyway now i want to get back into a little something uh something to do with with um bitcoin and uh something that has well we all all, i I think we've already established that his dictatorship has been escalating since last year up to today and uh, another thing that's been escalating but has It's really always been there is social media manipulation, Twitter scams, Twitter trolls in the same manner that if you type any tweet with the words Bitcoin, Binance, uh, Coinbase, whatever. Oh, my camera died. Well, if you type any of those words, you're going to get a reply. Oh, dude, I had problems with my Coinbase account, but this really nice dude in Instagram helped me out. You should ping him. You know. I
1: love getting, uh, you know, I love saying the word Bitcoin <laughs> on Twitter and getting like 50 replies that are those automated spam bots that are trying yep. to scam you into like uh, accidentally uh, giving your, uh, you know, your, I don't know, I guess they think you're, it probably does happen, you're going to give them like your 12 word crypto wallet like passphrase or whatever.
0: <laughs> uh- <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so- what happens and, and in what way is it similar to El Salvador? So in El Salvador, it's a bit different. If you tweet any criticism to Bukele or his regime or his policies or Bitcoin even, and your tweet starts getting popular, you're going to start noticing a flood of tweets insulting you or your parents, your family, your friends, your T-shirt.
1: What a coincidence. You're tasting
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and so what's going on there? So yeah, essentially, Bukele, and and this is, um, it's uh, well, there's a Salvadoran saying which I love. It's uh, secreto a voces. It's a secret that everybody knows. Mm. <laughs> there's a there's a troll center, at least one troll center in El Salvador that's state funded, that monitors Twitter, Facebook, and other social networks for dissident comments, I guess. And if your comment or your tweet gets popular enough, you get flooded. And it especially doubles down on women and LGBTQ folks, because uh, I guess if you oppress or you make an example of someone in a minority, I suppose their belief is that the whole minority will be uh, pressured into you know laying low and not raising their voice. That's been happening for consistently for the whole of uh, time that Bukele has been in office even since he was mayor and uh, but it's now escalating to the point of uh, calling in for public executions and stuff and uh, doxing people and posting private pictures it, it's 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 horrible now and I, i've had my share of that as well in twitter uh, you know i so, one time when 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 the news broke that the bukele government had Uh, let go free the international leader of ms-13 while the state of exception was in place you know they are literally letting go free the leader of the gang while incarcerating thousands of salvadorans that are probably innocent i just kind of snapped and made a mean tweet and got like uh, 2,000 likes or something like that. And so that tweet has now like 170-something mean replies from people that do not follow me and that do never interact with my content except for that specific time that my tweet got popular. And they went in and took a donk on me and insulted what's, what's my it? beard.
1: Oh, it's like that. Okay, <laughs> what I was asking me some examples. So yeah, go ahead. Keep it going. I want to hear more of these... These uh, these Twitter yep. Twitter replies.
0: Really, to, to tell you the truth, I, I got off easy because I, I'm I, 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 uh, I can't find the word the phrase in English, but it, I, I have a stony face. I don't really care what they say about me in Twitter. So they started throwing stuff, and eventually landed in death threats and violence threats. And I'm like, God damn it! If I wasn't living in a cave. I'd be worried, but luckily I live underground. But anyway, uh, I like I said, I got off easy. I, 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 I'm I'm a I'm a man, so not not much. Like uh, when I say I'm a man, I mean I am privileged enough to not be too affected by those things. However, women and LGBTQ folks are rather vulnerable to other forms of violence online, like uh, right you know, uh, sexual harassment and all that. And they really double down on that. Like the, the ratio of harassment that I suffered for a tweet with 2000 likes is proportional to what a uh, regular women or a regular LGBTQ person would suffer for a tweet with a hundred likes. It's right. just horrible. And there's like, um, I would say two uh, currents of the troll center. There's the, the ones where they harass you and, and dissuade you from, from uh, criticizing or from having an opinion. And the ones that want you to place your trust in individuals that don't have your best interest in mind, like Bukele. And they do that in a very similar fashion as the uh, bots in the crypto bots, the crypto scams in Twitter. Maybe not in the in the same way as that they do it automatically, but they do it by shilling, by pr- showering praises on everything that Bukele does and having profile pictures of Bukele with laser eyes and sunglasses and all that in the very, very much the same manner that uh, those Crypto bots have Shiba Inus with laser eyes, right? They say, oh, no, this is the greatest thing ever. And, when, you know, when uh, Luna and Terra were alive, uh, these bots and, and these guys were posting stuff about showering, uh, what's, what's his name, One. Yes. Showing him with braces and tweeting like this is great. Who is, is a currently thing. who
1: is currently denying that he's on the run? For, to, to, you know, I feel like I need to mention this. Um, you know, there's, there's South Korean prosecutors are actually looking for him. Um, they want to arrest him and five other people involved with uh, Terra Luna, and uh, they are not in South Korea. And Do Kwon says he's not on the run. He actually has come out and said, "I'm not running from anybody." Uh, and South Korea is like. Uh, yeah, you are running from us because we're trying to get a hold of you, and you're refusing to make yourself known.
0: <laughs> it's a, it, it's like the Monty like the Monty Python's Black Knight. Your arms off? No, it's not.
1: Right, right. Yes, Damn exactly. <laughs> yes, not Come Bukele. On, not not Bukele, But I think you mentioned DoQuan. A, it's in the news, and B, I mean, it, it, I really does feel it. Really does feel like it fits in to sort of give you a better idea of whether we're talking about. Uh, the authoritarian president of a small country that has made Bitcoin its uh, uh, currency, to the founder of a huge stablecoin that has since gone under, the entire Bitcoin world is just rife of pretty much the world's worst people.
0: <laughs> yep, uh, crypto Twitter and the Troll Center have a lot in common, unfortunately. And and this brings me to to a point I wanted to make. Uh, you know, social media platforms historically have not been good in preventing harassment or in preventing, you know, the January 6th insurrection, which is crazy, and in how it took place and how it was actually aided by Russian troll centers.
1: Right. You know, yeah, the Russians. They, those, those troll. I think I think the one in Russia is called like the Troll Factory or something like that. But they've. They've yeah. long been like that. That's it's it, when you brought it when you were bringing this up the El Salvadorian uh, troll center the 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 first thing I thought was oh this is like what what Russia's been doing for like uh, more than a decade like even before really even getting involved in like the twenty sixteen election would sort of put a spotlight on all this um, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump um, they were still they were those troll farmers were out there um basically and it's simple stuff like you mentioned like you know the ones going after you and other uh uh, dissenting voices it could be as simple as just like mocking your personal appearance not only something like some like some sort of nefarious mastermind scheme but the whole point is basically just to you know control the narrative silence voices just make it more difficult for people to disagree and dissent with what propaganda you want to spread. And it's it's been quite successful, you know, for, for Russia. So it's not surprising to see uh, uh, Bukele uh, decide to replicate uh, the, the situation.
0: Right. And another thing they have in common, crypto scams, Russian troll centers and Salvadoran troll centers, is that they uh, essentially making use of Twitter's, especially Twitter's, laxly enforced policies. You know, a bit, a bit, a while ago, I was tweeting some rant about NFTs, like, oh, these NFTs are fecal matter, whatever. And uh, a verified account liked my tweet, and I'm like, who is this guy? And it was a verified account that had like .eth under name. And I look in the profile, and he's like, "Oh, I don't even know, <laughs> like, oh, this zombie monkey NFTs or this uh, uh, stone ape NFTs and NFT NFT everywhere." <laughs> so because I typed the word NFT, he automatically liked my tweet, and it was a verified account using automation, which I, don't I think it's entirely illegal
1: that's Twitter rules, it, right? It's not illegal, but it's it's ag- against their policies up to a certain point some yeah. automation is okay if it adds to the platform and they now have like that that designation for automated accounts that add to the platform where it says like it actually says as a label it labels them as bot um but yeah i've noticed that too you especially in the nft world uh even more so than just like crypto in general if you just type the term nft uh and post that on twitter You will get at least one like from an account that is automatically searching for tweets that just mention the word NFT or NFTs, and it just auto-likes them. And the purpose of that, and it's successful, honestly, is that there are a lot of people out there um, who just follow people who like their tweets. Um, You know, probably not, you know, if, if you're a Twitter power user or most of, like, your followers are people who are always on Twitter and, like, cracking jokes and following the news and you're, like, hardcore Twitter user. Like, you're not one of those people. But the average Twitter user with, like, a small number of followers, they view, oh, someone liked my tweet. I'm going to follow them and they'll follow me back. They view that as a way to build their following and so they do that. So like you'll often actually see those automated accounts actually have like a decent number of followers. Some of them even have like hundreds of thousands of followers because sadly that, that like strategy of automatically liking tweets in search of follows works.
0: Yep. And, and then on the on Salvadoran side, you have, uh, well, I want to talk about two specific verified accounts and I do want to make a warning if you or the public want to go check these accounts out. Please be prepared because these accounts regularly tweet gore and unapologetically awful things, and because that's these are pro-military accounts. Uh, one is called Comando ESA, and the other is called a, a like SR Destino SV, like from El Salvador. These two accounts are verified they're anonymous they they uh, they don't have that disclosure that twitter makes for uh state affiliated uh accounts but they constantly tweet pro-military and pro-police tweets in which they show for example and and this is no exaggeration a, uh, a gang member getting tortured or the corpses of alleged gang members that have been killed by i don't know uh m16 bullets or ak47 bullets it's that awful right this is obviously against twitter rules but they let them be in the same way that they let those automated nft verified accounts be why and i think uh, i think i have uh, a, a rather solid hypothesis which i hope twitter proves wrong by banning these accounts by the way but I think they let them be because these accounts generate a lot of traffic. These are scandalous images. These are verified accounts, like you said, liking uh, liking my tweet. And I'm a nobody, and a verified account with a million followers like me. Oh, I'm going to go and check out their content. Generates traffic for Twitter. Twitter is hurting for profits. It's, how, it's always has been. Right. So accounts, verified accounts, that generate a lot of traffic, they. I feel like they are turning a blind eye to what they're doing, especially these Salvadoran accounts. Uh, I investigated them using a, 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 a tool and as, as, uh, you know, my special set of InfoSec hacker tools, and it turns out that these accounts previously belonged to Salvadoran uh, official institutions, and that's why they were verified. But at some point, after Bukele took in power, they were complete. They, their handle was changed to be what they are now, pro-military propaganda accounts. Again, in the same way as the crypto scam accounts, they are uh, boosting people's trust on an entity or a government or regime or a scammer that absolutely does not have their best interest in mind. They are just exist for promotion and perpetuating, uh, I guess, uh, a scheme or a regime that keeps them in power, be it financial or be it literal uh, governmental power, right? So, yeah, I hope I really hope Twitter proves me wrong and bans these accounts or at least uh, removes their verification, their verified status.
1: See, here's the thing. And you know what? That's interesting because, um, man, there's so much overlap here in this uh, in our conversation with so much. But basically, um, you know, that Twitter whistleblower that recently came out, their former head of security, um, Peter Zatko, uh, he's also known as Mudge in like his hacker circles. Um, he he referenced this. Um, and and I, I've, from my own experience doing research for a number of stories, this appears to be the case too. I think Twitter has no idea uh, just who they've – verified in totality like do they like you know or do they know who they're verifying in terms of like journalists and celebrities sure i'm sure there's you know those have been approved by the right people but there are people and you see it on like various forums and, and black markets there are people who sell access and i've seen this to twitter's back end like literally pay hmm. me a couple thousand dollars and i can get you verified uh, because I know somebody at Twitter, um, that's or
0: that's pay, a, pay me. A, so, no, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you, but, uh, th- that's something I wanted to bring up, you know, back in, uh, when was it? Oh, let me check. Let me check. But it it wasn't long ago. Oh, let's see. Let me just take a pick real quick. But what happened was. Back, uh, I think it was last year, August last year, just right before the, the uh, Bitcoin law got implemented, what happened? Uh, you know, Twitter uh, regularly releases these transparency reports and they uh, regularly purge troll accounts or automated accounts. What happened in August last year? All of a sudden, a bunch of uh, congressmen from Nayib Bukele's party, Nuevas Ideas, got banned and it was really interesting because this was confirming my hypothesis that they had a control center at the time because why else would they get banned if not for platform manipulation? However, what happened a couple of days later? They not only got their accounts back, they were now verified. <laughs> and this is very, very unusual. And I, I, I do have links and, 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 and sources to prove that. I can send them to you. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's really something it's just not something you see every day huh right. kind of makes you suspicious that there may be some dirty money going between the government and 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 Twitter if they can reverse a ban and then reward the banned user with a verification status right
1: right so let's actually let's round this out now let's come full full circle here because I think the 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 best I want to make sure we hit this so I think the best thing to sort of I guess like bring it all together, is let's look at, you know, here we are now. This is the the episode, year in review of the state of El Salvador, the Bitcoin uh, uh, land of hopes and dreams for cryptocurrency, and the uh, Bukele's pride and joy of, you know, he really thinks he's going to be um the the you know the the uh nostradamus of this and you know somehow this is all gonna work out for him and you know his bitcoin bet's gonna pay off even though we now know a year into this that it's going worse for him than ever and it's sort of you know really uh you know all the other things that we brought up in terms of the uh authoritarianism and the mass arrests this is all like Underscore like a like, like, uh, headline, like not headline, emboldened. Here we go. It's like exacerbated by this whole Bitcoin crisis happening in the background. I think the best yeah. thing to take a look at right now is how's Bukele's El Salvador Bitcoin investments are going, And <laughs>
0: <laughs> judging oh, by man.
1: Uh, your laughter, especially that—I'm <laughs> uh, assuming uh, not going good. I mean, I could pull up the tracker here right now, but why don't you? Why don't you go ahead and—if and you need any—because uh, I have it in front of me. If you need any specifics, I'll be happy to provide them with you. But but go ahead. Give me your thoughts on uh, what's going on there. Because he 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 didn't even when when Bitcoin crashed in June. I mean, excuse me, in May and June, really, it didn't stop. It's—I mean, it's still crashing today. It's. It's, it's hit under 19K just uh, in the past few days. Um, he he didn't say, oh, let me put a pause on all this Bitcoin buying. No, he bought the dip again. <laughs> did he?
0: <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing. There's nothing – there's no data. There's no addresses. There's no transactions. There's nothing to prove that he did. So yeah, That's a, that's can a great we- –
1: that's a great point. Can we you know, trust him? Right. That's a great point. Because I, I have been – because there is this great uh, – it's called and because his name mm. – we, yeah. we've just been going by his last name. His full name is Naib Bukele. And uh, the Naib Tracker uh, takes a look at his Bitcoin portfolio. And it basically tracks the price of Bitcoin and it then plots on that – you know, the price tracker the day Bukele announced that he bought Bitcoin. And whenever Bukele says he buys Bitcoin, he tweets out a number of Bitcoin he purchased. And the Bukele Bitcoin tracker basically um, estimates based on the day's price, the day's Bitcoin price. And when Bukele... Announced the purchase estimates exactly how much you know uh El Salvador paid for Bitcoin. And you you bring up a great point here. The only thing that we have to judge this by is Bukele's proclamation that he has bought Bitcoin. There is no wallet that we know of to track here.
0: Yep. And this brings an interesting parallel with the crypto world. You, have you noticed how every time that it smells like a bear market is coming, that it smells like the pr- price is going to crash, these crypto companies start putting out these obnoxious projects that don't make any sense and never come to do anything solid? Like that console that had a wallet button. Remember that? Yeah. Does that sound, does it sound familiar when they tell you that they're going to build a bitcoin city and does it not sound familiar when they say oh look the price is dropping we bought the dip just like last time and just like next time do they though do they have anything to back up that claim or do they have just as much information as the guys from the console with the wallet button that it was going to have, I don't know, 8K resolution and HDR and I don't even remember, 120 frames per second, which is not even technically possible for a device of that price range. No, they don't have anything. And uh, what they do have is the hope that we'll believe that they are onto something. And they bet that if we believe that, Maybe we'll give them a little more credibility. And maybe uh, this thing also happens when their you know, their public image takes a hit, either because the Bitcoin price is crashing and bringing down all the other tens of thousands uh, shitcoins with it, or because your government has turned out to be a dictatorship and authoritarian and fascist nightmare. Maybe you need a little boost in-image every once in a while. So you make an outrageous claim, like you're going to build a Bitcoin city, or like you're going to make Bitcoin volcano bonds, or that you're going to, I don't know, buy the dip every time that it dips. Or who knows, make a console that plays 8K games and has a wallet (laughs) button. It's more or less the same thing, huh? Right. It's all a scam. (laughs) Right. Uh,
1: What a perfect... I mean, you really... Making sure that you, uh, <laughs> you, you. I mean, how how else do we add an episode on a show called Scam Economy than you saying it's all a scam? I mean, you you got to have planned that out. But no, really, uh, uh Domingo Flores, everybody, um thank you so much for joining me to to bring me through. See, the funny thing is, before we went before we started talking, I had said, you know, you know, I spoke with Mario Gomez. Uh, And we talked about the Bitcoin situation in El Salvador in April. Things are a lot different now. But, you know, if we uh, talk about some of the same issues, it's no big deal because, you know, a lot more people listen to the show now than they did in April. So there'll be new listeners and it'll be good to like, you know, for people who did listen to the previous episode to get a refresher. But literally so much has happened in just these five months that I'm thinking through everything we just spoke about and it was all brand new. There's nothing I mean, I think maybe I brought up the Bukele Bitcoin tracker, but obviously the numbers are a lot different now. And also your, you know, the the the, the inf- interesting nugget of information you dropped too about how, you know, this is just all based on his tweets. We don't even have any proof that he's been buying. Um we didn't we didn't cover one thing People need to go listen to the Mario Gomez episode and then the Domingo Flores episode, and you have a full realm of El Salvador Bitcoin news to cover with no repeats. It's amazing, uh, Domingo. Where can people find you online? And by the way, please take this opportunity to to, to promote any links, any upcoming work, or or, or stories, or or. or Anything, research, anything you're working on that you want to share or give a teaser about, the floor is yours. Just at least make sure you drop where people can find you online.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right now you can find me at Twitter at Domingroso or Domingo Grosso. Uh, but uh, I'm actually working on a project. You, you, you see, just like you described, we could talk for hours about each of these uh, things, about the Bitcoin bonds, about the the Twitter troll centers, the Twitter scams. So I'm going to launch a website soon. It's called riesgos.club, like the risks, but in Spanish, Uh .club, uh, the risk club. So so I can uh, have a bit of a better platform to regularly keep people informed on the risks that are affecting, Uh, You know, regular people going into the crypto world or navigating social media or uh, just in general uh, in the world of the Internet and the metaverse. Because uh, I I think it's, you know, each of these talking points we we discussed really can be expanded infinitely because there's just so much going on and every week is something new. So yep.
1: right. I mean, hope, I hope can, I feel like we I, there. I, oh <laughs> for sure, and and I hope you'll come back on because I was about to say, um, you know, I we could talk for another hour at least, but I always feel like, hey, I gotta. There's only so much information normal people can take in at once and i feel like anything else we talk about is going to get lost in all the information that we just talked about previously so yeah cuz like you said there's some more stuff we didn't even cover i did want to even get into some of those the the uh the latest in the volcano bonds and what's going on with that but that's a, that's a tease for i guess another future episode of scam economy Domingo flores once again thank you so much for joining me on scam economy Uh, have a great night. Thank you. And of course, Scam Economy will continue to follow the cryptocurrency situation in El Salvador and the ongoing domino effects and aftermath of the Bitcoin law. And if you haven't yet checked out that Scam Economy episode with Mario Gomez, it's called Arrested for Protesting Bitcoin. Definitely, be sure to go check that episode out. Between this episode with Domingo Flores and the episode with Mario, you will really get a, a full understanding of what is going on there. Folks, patreon.com slash Matt to support this show. If you can do so and would like to see more content, more distribution of the content definitely go become a paying subscriber at patreon.com slash Go to youtube.com slash and subscribe to the channel. You can go catch the live premiere of every Scam Economy episode as it drops and also catch the video replays. During the live premiere, you can drop a super chat, which is like a one-off monetary tip to me. You can also do the same on the replays via super thanks. You can also go to twitch.tv slash Matt Binder and follow the Twitch channel where you can also connect your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account and you can then give out your free... Twitch Prime subscription every month. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It comes for free with your current Amazon Prime subscription. You're basically forcing Amazon to give a little cut that you send them for that subscription to Amazon Prime to your favorite creator each month. Uh, You don't have to give it to me but definitely use it. It's sort of a waste if you don't, but I'm telling you about this because I hope you do give it to me. And of course, you can catch the post-show live stream at Twitch as well, where I take calls and read your live chats and comments and questions. We have a lot of fun. If you can catch the post-show live stream, definitely check it out. And of course, you can catch the replay at YouTube and Twitch of the post-show live stream as well. Go to scameconomy.com for all the links to the audio version of the show. If audio is more your thing than video, you can also leave a review at Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to help this show without paying anything, leaving a review at any of those platforms helps the show rank on those particular platforms charts and in turn helps more people discover scam economy and again if you didn't get enough scam economy this week and you're all caught up with the archives then go check out my appearance on the daily beast podcast fever dreams and with all that said i will see you all next time on the scam economy